0: Hi there, I'm Dave Butler.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This. It's a scripture study podcast where we move through and talk about things in the scriptures that Emily loves and things I think you don't want to miss. So that is what we do here. And we are in the book of Acts right now. We, Acts, what I write, 16 to 21, we're following Paul's missions and journeys through. It's kind of the big emphasis. And from here on out to the end, you really almost like the cameraman follows Paul almost exclusively yeah. until the end. So you saw a lot of Peter in the beginning of Acts and a lot of the church growth organization, the leadership, and then now you're really just, you get to kind of be Paul's missionary companion, essentially from so now fun. to the end of the book, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really cool. Last week we talked about two um, things happening in August. So if you want to get more details on that, one was the YSA conference that's happening at the beginning of August. All the weeks of August. Yeah, for
1: the whole month. It, historic. Like, yeah. never before has there been a gathering this big.
0: So, So by now, by the time this video comes out, um, anyways, there should be some talk about it and everything, but get your tickets. The link we can put in the newsletter, or you can go just Google like Utah YSA Conference, Conference 2023 top, yep. or whatever, and you're going to find it.
1: And if you checked out last week's first segment where we give you a lot of information there. The other thing we talked about is what is Don't Miss This going to look like starting in August. Um, And we're actually really excited about what is happening. One of us is more excited than the other. I get a little teary thinking about it. I
0: was like, (laughs) Who is it?
1: Who's (laughs) the one? Um, I'm still going through that like stretch of um, navigating change. But we're yeah. excited about what is going to be happening here. So, if you want to know more about that, go back to last week. We give you a lot of details, but
0: the story, yeah, you want to go if you want, go back to hear yeah, the story you want the story of it, yeah. which is I think really Go back cool there, and sweet, but, but in
1: 2 weeks from right now, um, someone will be taking my place, which I'm actually excited about. This part cute Grace, my daughter, who is a seminary teacher and just a master teacher of scripture is going to be joining David and Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be fun, but also like just as much, I think, application. Grace is really good at that application-centered teaching, which will be cool. So we've got a couple more weeks left, and Emily will still be a part of the Don't Miss this family community and Good News brand and everything that we're doing behind the scenes more, but... she wants to sit in the big red chairs at conference. So that's what is happening. instead. <laughs> so, uh, but oh, you can hear more of like kind of the, how that came to be if you're interested um, in last week's video, but wanted you to know that um, Emily will um, we'll be recording the podcast. She'll be in and out of, of things, but Grace will be here full-time mostly, and I will, and we'll keep doing, don't miss this, and keep studying um, scripture together. So
1: yeah, we're it's excited. going to be good, and I'll pop my head in every now and then and be behind the scenes a lot. So yeah, it'll be so fun. We're going to dive right into this. We love um, how this is worded in the scriptures for to preach the gospel, and that's um, this. This whole lesson is just so much about that preaching the gospel uh, in so many places and in in all different ways. And we're gonna we'll start out right off the bat with. Paul, this is one of my favorite
0: stories. It is a great story. And it's it's fun to start off with that phrase that Paul uses for to preach the gospel. And I think it would might be a really cool study sometime in your life. And maybe if you're starting right now, you can make a little side list in your journal or something of, what if you listed everything that Paul preached? Yeah, You know, like you start going through and, and there's several verses where he says what it is that I preached mm-hmm. and what a cool um, model that would be for all of us as we think about like what what... Of, of all the words I can share, yeah. Which ones should I share? I remember reading this from um, Bruce Conkey once, where he said someone talked to him about being given assignments to speak, mm-hmm. and then he said, "I actually just speak on what they should have given me to speak <laughs> on, <laughs> because he's like, I was born to preach Jesus. So if they don't, that they don't mm-hmm. give me that assignment." That's I actually, I like, I choose that one because yeah. that's one they should have given me oh, to preach. Oh, that and is
1: so Paul good. Paul is so
0: good at that, that. He's so passionate. And you imagine, you think about his past, Yep. right? Jesus saved his life. He rescued him. So he's like, I can't say enough good about him. And yeah. here in Acts 17, he's in Athens, like the real life Athens you can go to today. He's in a place called Mars Hill. It's actually a hill that they know and you can you can climb. And Athens was like the cultural and intellectual center you know of the world yeah. and they had this big marketplace and people would gather in that place to debate and talk about new philosophies and new ideas and everything and it's before there was netflix so people were really into that kind of stuff
1: and i love this there's a couple lines in here that you just love as you're going through um but the people who were there they love to search the scriptures daily and i love that. and they asked whether those things were so or not that you just you love that there's going to be that spirit of debate and I love this part where it says, but in verse 13, when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And there's just something about that stirring the pot that is so much a part of this discussion of what is going to happen here. Right. And that everybody's getting in and everyone wants to give their opinion. And, and just that thought of the pot being stirred and so many people asking whether these things are so or not, which is so much the time we live in right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Paul seems to always show up in the midst of the pot stirs. Have yeah. you ever noticed that about him? That he's <laughs> uh, like he
0: might be drawn
1: the <laughs> to these to the debate, places. Yeah, that to the debate. yeah. He's not scared of it.
0: But in 16, I like speaking of that, like that he stirs things up, but he says that his spirit is actually stirred in him when he yeah. sees things. And in this particular place in Athens, he sees this city is wholly given over to idolatry. You've kind of become obsessed with like almost a worship of new ideas, a worship of, of things, yeah. you know, that are not the God I know. And that stirs a spirit in him to see like, oh, hold on, you, you guys are obsessed, wholly given over, you know, to, to something else.
1: Yeah, and it's so interesting too in verse 17 where it talks about he goes in and just starts disputing in the synagogues with the Jews and also with the devout persons and in the market daily. Like all of a sudden this is his cause. He is He's entered in and and it is everywhere. He just keeps going and he's entered into this
0: dispute yeah. that is taking Which place. Which I really love about Paul that uh, that he is well studied. And there's something about that, that there's a need for that in the world that we live in because yep. we also live in a world that's obsessed with new ideas mm-hmm. and everything and and there needs to be a people who are competent in in scripture and competent in what right. it is that the world is talking about and know how to say like listen this is what you these are the philosophies of this day let me show you why Jesus is actually the answer for what you're looking for yes you know and yeah. Paul so good that and it requires us
1: to actually like I think back to when Uh, President Nelson gave that talk so many years ago where he talked about, we need women. And there was one line that stood out to me when he gave that talk, um, who have a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of the gospel of Christ and know how to share it. And I can remember in that moment when that talk was given, feeling the spirit just prick my heart so strongly of, you have got to obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrine. Mm. That's what you've got to do and, and you've got to start now. And I think that's true for all of us. Sometimes we get overwhelmed and we're like, well, I never, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And and my thought is I was old when he gave that talk, right? I I, I would have been in my 40s when he gave that talk. It's Some people are like, well, that's not that old, but it feels old to me. I feel like I wish I learned everything when I was in college. And It's not too late to start right now and obtain that bedrock understanding. And how do you do it? Just by getting in daily, like Paul did, just Mm -hmm. daily Mm -hmm. entering in and studying and obtaining that bedrock understanding is so important.
0: And, And you see that in him right here. So He actually talks to them and and 22, I love, use your footnotes because he goes onto this Mars Hill and he says, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things, you're too superstitious, which sounds like a diss. But if you look at the Greek, he says, you're most religious or you're careful in divine Mm. things. He's like, I do, I do love that you are, you think about this kind of stuff and you talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, Which I do
1: too. Whenever I talk to people who are questioning or, or doubting, I always enter in and I like my first inclination is I love that you are a seeker of
0: truth. Yeah, the fact that you're questioning is evidence that you're not apathetic.
1: Yeah, and you're my kind of soul. Yeah. That, you know, that's what I want to enter in and be like, oh, you are my kind of people. This is the people that I love question because you can't get a bedrock understanding unless you start the process of, um, of asking questions. That's When you ask questions, it invites the spirit right. to be part of the conversation. Right,
0: right. Yeah, And you, that's, these people are like that, all these people, you know. And then he says this, but I noticed one of your inscriptions that I passed by says it's to the unknown God. And I would actually like to teach you mm. about him is what he does. And then for those next several verses, 24 to 31, he just teaches them the bedrock understanding of the character and nature of God. Mm. He's just like, and I love that he's just like, we actually have to start with this. You have to start with the who right? We don't worship an unknown feeling or uh, there is, let me teach you about who he is. And he spends those next several verses. And I, Which this is, is so
1: true because in order to combat the philosophies of men or the conversations that are going around, it becomes so important to say, first, come to know the character of God. Do, yeah. do that first. Know who God is and then enter into the conversations and, and think this, what would the God I know or how would the God I know respond right. to this kind of situation? What is it that I know about God that will help me to understand this better? And I love that that's where he starts. He's, he says to them, I can't even enter your philosophies until you and I are both talking about the same deity.
0: Right. And I've I've heard just really wise people talk about that so many times of just like engaging in a conversation that says we actually have to begin with what I, who God is before we can even talk with each other. And I just kind of started to like draw out some things because I think it would be really cool to make a list and your journal's got some space to Mm. be able to do that. What it is that he teaches about him throughout those um, several verses there that You know, he's created all things. He actually gives life and breath to all things. I really am drawn to the beginning of 26, where he says, and he made of one blood all nations of men Mm. to dwell on the face of the earth. I I think that's so awesome that as he engages in this conversation, he just says, and we're family. Yeah. Like I actually believe that God sent us all down to this earth together. That like of all the nations in the world, we're actually one blood, all of us, Mm. you know? with each other. And this, our word for him this week is Lord. And it comes from this, our name for him. <laughs> it's our word. And this word. is my favorite verse. You know, yeah, this is my I favorite description it was be. of yeah.
1: him. Am I saying it? Yeah, yeah. I love this when it says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And I just, I love that, that happy part that, I love that feeling after him and finding him. And just that reminder, he's not far from every one of us. He's just, he's right there.
0: Which is so awesome to counter, I mean, to juxtapose (laughs) uh, (laughs) that with this word, that he's Lord, Mm. creator, governor of the universe. And yet you can actually find him and he's not very far from you. Like those two together are a really yeah. good combination of, of verses. So there's so, um, awesome. so much in there. Um, and I
1: love this as we end. It's so neat because then he's going to leave from this place. But it tells us in verse 34, um, once he left, certain men clave unto him and believed. And I just love that. And we're going to watch that now. Uh, it starts with Paul, that there are certain men who, who they listen, they understand. They, I love that thought about they clave unto that teaching. That they were like, that's that. This is what I want, and they believed. And we're gonna watch it happen with Apollos, with Lydia, with the prisoner. Like that becomes the theme of this. And you get some like
0: it's interesting. I can't remember where it is in this section. It's like half the people like some of them laughed at what he taught, and the other half were just like, "Wait, I actually really like what it is that you are you're teaching." Can we just say one other thing in that list that was so good? I forgot that verse thirty when he says, "In the times of this ignorance, God winked at." Yes. <laughs> I think that so is cute. so darling about his yes. character. He's like, listen, he let you kind of work through this for a while, but now it's time to yeah. actually learn and change. I, I, it's so much in there that's really rad. Yeah. You're gonna...
1: And there's tons of little things in this in these things. We're going to hit five of them. There's going to be a million more in here that you could look at, but we kind of wanted to go after this idea of watching one person's witness and what it does yeah. for people. So we're going to talk about next a man named Apollos. He's in chapter 18. And it starts in 24. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. And he comes to Ephesus. And the man was instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. And I read that list and I think, oh, I, I want to be that. Don't you want someone to be like, oh, I know David Butler and he's mighty in the scriptures and he loves to instruct in the way of the Lord. And he's an eloquent speaker and he's mighty in the scriptures that I just, I love that thought of like, oh, that's who I want to be. When when all is said and done, I hope people say that.
0: Oh, did you say, I just went to a a funeral Mm. yesterday and this old man prayed at the funeral. Oh, a friend of the man who'd passed away, who's also an old man, in the very end of his prayer, and he says, will you help me to be like Owen when I grow up?
1: Oh, that is so like, cute. Oh. Yes, that's, that's so cute. That's what I just thought
0: of as you talked about this, where you're just like, oh. And, and at the very end, you learn this about him, that once he begins to believe, and Paul like instructs him even more, and he just soaks it up, and then it says, then he spent his days mightily convincing the Jews publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Mm. And there's something about that that's like again it comes back to that bedrock understanding. Yeah. It's one thing to say like, "Well, I just believe this and, you know, but if if you have like uh, look, I I can I can show you. I can use my intellect and my heart both of them together. I can use my mind and my soul, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's something really powerful about that. And that's what our word, our page in the journal this week is a chance maybe to like, as a class or just individually as a family list out, what are some of your favorite scriptures about him? Like that teach you about his character and what you know about him. And
1: yeah. and, And if you had to share who he was to someone else, what are the scriptures that you would be like, oh, I want them to know he is this or this or this. What would you choose?
0: And it's awesome to put together a collection of verses. I remember somebody saying when I first started teaching seminary, see if you can back up every claim you make about God with scripture. Yeah. Like where, you know, if I say God's loving, I'm like, okay, where do you see it? Yeah. Like make a list of it. Create your own like mini topical guide in your scriptures where you can put some of those things in where you're just like, oh, Let me, I can either tell it to you or I can tell it and back it up with the scripture, which I think is really powerful. so
1: good. Um, So that's a fun, just little segment, something you might want to do one of the nights. Um, We also love, we're going to be in Acts 17, just this little vignette of people um, who were followers. What did the followers look like in that time? I'm going to go to 17 and you take the 19. Yeah. Um, 17, one through four. It tells us, Um, When they went through Thessalonica again and they were there and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them um, and reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus which I preach unto you is Christ, he tells them. And I just love that, that he's taking those scriptures, he's taking those things that he knows and he's just teaching them. This is Christ. I sat in a... um, Listened to a talk over this past weekend, and the speaker was saying, In the early days of the church, everyone who was in those conversations knew who Jesus was. They just, you went into a discussion about the church already knowing Jesus and, and who he was and what he did, and it didn't matter what religion you were, you just knew. We actually don't live in that time. So in those days, they would teach about temples, about priesthood, about the first vision, about all of these things that set apart the church of Jesus Christ in those days. And our days are so different because people actually don't know who Jesus is. Yeah, They don't have that foundation yet or that understanding yet. And and you start noticing in conference talks, people are talking a lot more about Jesus because Jesus is not a given anymore. It's it's not somebody's uh religious foundation like it was in the 1800s.
0: Well, and also I just was thinking about like if I as I live my life, I forget what it is that I've forgotten yes. or, or you know don't know. yeah Does that make sense? And yes. so I could get later on in my life and start talking a lot about some of the peripherals because I already have yes. at my core an understanding of Jesus and forgetting, oh, hold on, who started at square one with my 15-year-old yep. and with a 24-year-old, right. you know? And, and what if I've talked so much about the peripherals because of my own experience? I was like, oh, I already yeah. have that. Yeah. But I've just forgotten that someone started there with me and how important it is. Yeah,
1: and that's one of the things I love about the New Testament church is they are having to teach Jesus. That's what the New Testament church has to do, they they go to that foundation spot and then teach up from there. And it's a good pattern for us right now in the world that we live in yeah. to realize we have to start with Jesus. We can build off of that, but somebody has to first know Him. And I love what happened because in verse four, because He starts that, He opens mm-hmm. with Christ, that He rose from the dead. He says, what I preach unto you is Christ. That's what he tells them. And I I just love that reminder. We need to be doing that in every lesson, in every talk, every time we enter a conversation is to make sure we begin with Jesus and then build from there. But what happens is so unique because in verse four it says- Well,
0: and can I just give an example of that? As we were talking together with that little group of Jack and his friends who are now preparing to enter into the temple, I, I- I said, the order we should probably go in as we talk about the temple is first, who? Yeah. And let's talk about Jesus and the father and the son that you want to have a relationship with them and invite them into your life. That's number one. How would you do that? And one of the ways is to enter into covenants with them. Okay. Now, where would that happen? A temple. But but if you flip the order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you actually start with like, almost like sometimes the temple becomes the mascot of everything we do. And And it's like, wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. Yeah, you've assumed that everybody knows that, but flip the list and start with like, oh, what I want is relationship and the presence and power of the Father and the Son in my life. What are some ways I could do that? And then now as I talk about principles and ordinances, Mm -hmm. like they're not the hero of the story. I was like, oh, the principles and ordinances actually invite them into my life yeah. that's why i started with and then now the next question is where are some of the places that could happen right Temple.
1: which i love because then what happens we get to see in verse four some of them believed and um some of they were some of them devout greeks but i also love this line a great multitude and of the chief women not a few and i just love that reminder that in the early days of the church um, they were going after even devout believers, and some of those were chief women. And there weren't just a few of them who joined, but it, that continues on in Acts 19. Um, talks about this even a little more.
0: Yeah. Um, before you go to 1917, that phrase that's so good in 11, with all readiness of mind. Mm. And there's something about that that you learn from these people who are hearing it. like Yeah. Just what was the state of their mind and heart as they heard these words spoken to them? And that's an important part of this. Um, there's a question in, in the journal about this 19, 13 through 15. And you can read the story of these evil spirits who kind of oppose Paul. And it's interesting because there are these people there and the evil spirits speak <laughs> and bear their testimony. This is my favorite you know? in this whole part. It's verse 15 and they actually say, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you? You know, when they're talking about these like exorcists is what they're called in 19. But the point of this is, is it's interesting that the evil spirits like we know Jesus and we oppose him and we know Paul and we actually oppose him. But we never heard of you before. <laughs> and, and it's actually like complimentary to Paul that yeah. the evil spirits would know him. You yeah, know?
1: Because I have written in mine, um, does the adversary view you as a threat?
0: Yeah. Don't it, you
1: just love that thought that they, he was so loud in his beliefs that like he actually had become a threat to evil and to the adversary and to to that work.
0: And we put a a cross-reference there in your question in the journal to Joseph Smith history, Mm -hmm. where it talks about, again, that same kind of thing that he was destined to be a disturber and an annoyer of the kingdom of the devil in the world. And it's neat to see that in Paul. And you start to understand why Joseph Smith and Paul had such a kinship with each other like joseph drew a lot on his words and got a lot of inspiration and Mm. i think encouragement from the writings of of paul but how awesome to like it's a compliment who your friends are and it's also a compliment who your enemies might be
1: (laughs) well and it's so (laughs) fun there because it also is going to talk about when the people who were there um listened it was also not a few um but there were so many who who came and wanted to be a part and then we're going to move into two people who we love. Um, Lydia I'm going to start with and then a prisoner who have a common similar experience. I'm going to start in Acts 16 verse 13 is where I'm going to start and there's so much about the story I love. it, It's just a tiny story. It tells us on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. I just want to find that river so bad. I want a Sabbath <laughs> do, river
0: <laughs> that I go to after church on
1: Sunday, and just people are just there and they're just praying. And someone for sure brought a picnic. You know, there was like a prayer, picnic, and prayer. I'm just mad
0: somebody organized it. And they're like, I know. Oh, every Sunday
1: Come we here. go to the
0: river yeah. to pray. We pray. That's what we do and picnic. Come on, and picnic.
1: Yeah, and um, so they sat down and started speaking unto the women who had gathered there, and there was a certain woman there named Lydia, and I love what her job was, a seller of purple. If you wonder what that means, there was a certain dye that was purple that was really hard to find, but could be obtained in the city where Lydia loved. And I kind of love that it was purple, because if you ever dyed Easter eggs purple or tie-dyed with purple, do you know what your hands hands looks like for days afterward? You know you have tie-dyed with purple because it sticks to you. And I always love to think about that. I want to be a seller of purple. I, I want the gospel to be like that apparent in
0: me. Oh, yeah. Because like if you saw her, you would know immediately. Oh, yeah. You're a seller of purple. You're marked. Yep. With like.
1: Yeah, I know what the, you mean. Your do.
0: hands have been in this. Yes. And, How awesome. Yeah.
1: And I just love that symbolism because what's going to happen is Lydia is not going to just have an experience, but everything she touches is about to have her same experience, which is so awesome. Um, She worshiped God and she heard them speaking and the Lord opened her heart. And then there is this one line that is almost like an afterthought in verse 15. It says this, and when she was baptized, comma, And her household, she besought us saying, if you've judged me to be faithful, come to my house and abide there. And I love this thought that you're like, wait a minute. That's a lot of people who just got baptized. Everyone who is a part of her household. And that was the influence that she had was that, that she just, she was touched by it, but others were touched because of her to be part of that river bed discussion
0: yeah which i love i like that last line two and 15 and she constrained us you know where it's like almost as if they're like no 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 no, we're okay we don't have to come to your house and she's just like i'm actually not taking no for an answer yes so come i'm yeah. making you dinner yeah. Or whatever, or like, stay. Yeah, yeah we all
1: love you and i, love, and I love this picture that we have here of this woman this woman who's dressed in purple and she's got this white cloth that she's about to put into that Purple and I, I just love the mark of that. There is something symbolic in Lydia's story for me.
0: Yeah, and that line that like I feel like it's like an old school line, you know, where people are like, "I'm, I'm dyed in the wool, true," and what you know, you know what I'm talking about, like, and who said the story? Is it Joseph F. Smith when he gets approached by like an enemy and they're like, "Are you know?" Are you a blankety I don't know if blank, I know blank this story. Mormon? Yeah, it's like a church history story. He's yeah. like, Are you a blankety blank Mormon? And he says, Yes, siree, died in the blue, true, and whatever. he just, you know, and then he's just like, and then the guy was, was like, Well, you're the most pleasant blankety blank Mormon I've ever met in my life, then. And it's just like when you're die dy- I don't know, there's yeah. something about that being yeah. dyed in that. Um, in the same chapter you meet this print, this prison leader, what do you call them? A warden or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Paul and his companion Silas get put into prison. And it's awesome. Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. I think that's so rad that they just decided to pray and praise while they were in their prison place. Um, there was a lot of alliteration there, but that's so <laughs> rad. Yes. And then when it says this line, and the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed, and that physically happened, but it's also that'll. I mean, there's something that will preach there when you think uh, they prayed and they praised in their prison place, and doors opened and chains were loosed. Yeah, you know, there's something yes. about that that's it's powerful. So and, and the keeper of the prison. When all the doors opened up, miraculously thought everyone's going to escape. And so he's going to take his own life. And Paul cries out, don't, don't, don't do it. And he comes in and then he asks this question, verse 30, sirs, what must I do to be saved? In 31, Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house. And so he says, he took them that night, that same hour. And first he washed all of the stripes where they'd been whipped you know, before they went into jail. And he was baptized, and it says this in 33, he and all his, straightway. So that same kind Mm -hmm. of personality, I guess, of Lydia, where he's just like, he's a gatherer of people. And he's, and all of my whole house. In 34, you saw, he set meat before him, come eat at my house. And they all believed in God with his whole household. And there's something cool about those two that seem to be like, Listen, and the funnest we gather is that people connect together. Yeah. At that
1: at the end that you loved in forty.
0: Oh yeah. That when they went out of the prison and went into the house of Lydia. And and then everybody gathered there at her it's house so too. And there's yeah. I think that's cool to see something of people who are like gather people together at the river. Yeah. Gather people together in the house and talk of, of Jesus. You know, yeah. there's something about that yeah. gathering spirit that's so cool.
1: It's so good. We love ending on chapter 20, um, there, there's three spots that we just love about Paul. This is one of them. We'll get to the other ones next week uh, when we teach next week. But this is such a great story of who he is. And if you are working with anyone who is preparing to go on a mission, I love Acts chapter 20, mm-hmm. just for what does it look like um, to be on a mission. I My son, Caleb, when he was finishing his mission we had bought all of his suits and all of his clothes at a store that had a warranty so if anything happened in two years you, they would replace it the shirts the suits the shoes anything and it was two weeks before he was supposed to come home and he emailed in the middle of the night and my phone dinged and i used to wake up when he would email so i could just he was so far away i would are you fine? Are you healthy? You know, what's happening? And and he had texted and, and he s- sent me a picture of his shoes. And he said, um, are these still under warranty? Should we return them? And my first thing before looking at the shoes was to laugh because in my mind, I was like, you are in Croatia. There is no way those shoes are going to get to me and back to you while you are still <laughs> on your mission. But I love that just in these final hours, you're like, Uh, I probably should have done something about these (laughs) shoes. Um, The next thing I did was zoom in on that picture, and then I just started to cry so hard because I should have brought those shoes down here, and I'll put a picture in the newsletter. Um, When you look at those shoes, the whole stitching is worn out by his big toe, Um, that, They're scuffed up. They are so worn out. But when you look at the inside of the shoe, there is a hole that goes through the sole and through the whole bottom of the shoe all the way to the ground. You can just see straight through to the ground. And immediately I knew how hard Caleb had worked on his mission. And I don't know if I had ever like computed it in my mm. mind, but I knew how many miles he had walked. I knew how many stairs he had climbed. I just, All of a sudden I was like, wow, like he wore out those shoes. He mm. wore them out. And I immediately typed back and said, don't worry about the warranty, but don't throw away those shoes. I I want those shoes. And I have a little box I'm packing up in my office that I'm gonna take with me to my office at um, downtown. And those are one of the first things that I put in my box because I thought that's what I want the next five years to look like, Hmm. Um, is that when I'm done. And it, it reminds me so much of Paul, what we learn in Acts 20, because it talks about how he was there in this city. He's about to leave the city. His mission is almost over. This is gonna be the final days before his mission is over. And he was giving this speech until midnight and everyone had gathered together. And I love in verse nine when it says, and because Paul was long preaching, who loves that? (laughs) How many of us have been in a long preaching lesson? There was a boy in the top window in the third loft and he fell asleep and fell out of the window and died. This is true. It's in the real life scriptures. And Paul's like, everybody... Hold on, runs out there, revives the boy, makes sure he's fine, runs back in and continues <laughs> preaching. I <just laughs> love that story so much. It says he talked a long while until the break of day, and then he departed. And there comes this point in verse 18 when um, he, he tells him he's going to be living leaving, and he says, "You know, from the first day that I came, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, he tells them, serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears. And then in verse 20, this is the greatest line, and how I kept back nothing. I just love the thought of that. That That is how Caleb's shoes were. I just looked at him and I was like, well, you kept back nothing. You dove into that experience with everything that you had. And I love, as you keep reading, that it tells us that he went from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also the Greeks about the Lord Jesus Christ. And and he says to them in verse 24, I want to finish my course with joy. And I know that I'm leaving now, he tells them. And I commend you to his grace. And then um, it's so cute at the very end in 36, it says, and when he had thus spoken, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And can you just imagine, well, you've experienced that. I was going to say, yeah. you've served <laughs> um, that mission experience, but he just knelt down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake that they would see his face no more. And I just love that kind of passion and engagement, and you know from chapter 20 that He loved them. You yeah. have no doubt in your right. mind that He gave everything He had to make sure they knew who Jesus was before He left. That was the great mission of His life, and I think about what that looked like for Caleb and what that's going to look like for Jack. but. But even those of us who are older, um, you know, that's why those shoes are the first thing that went in that box for me, because I hope that's what the next five years looks like for me, is I will give everything I have. So hopefully the girls will know Jesus a little bit better by the time I'm done with that, that I will waste and wear out my life, that I will keep back nothing for the cause of the kingdom, and I just, I love Paul for that.
0: Yeah, and it it was funny, because that verse 18, you skipped over it, but when I was a missionary, it Mm -hmm. said, you know from the first day that I came into Asia, and, because that's where I served as a missionary, and so I always was like so drawn to that, that I was like, oh, you know, and how neat it is that whatever the days up until now have looked like, anybody can start today and say, this is my first day. Mm. You know, and from this day forward, I'm going to make a a, a determination to keep back nothing. And I remember as a missionary and now I'm just thinking to myself, why don't you still do that, David? The the idea of waking up in the morning and saying, um, I would pray at night as a missionary and say in my prayers every night, I gave you everything Mm. today. And I loved being able to do that. And I just was sitting here thinking, as we were talking about that, like, oh, why don't I, I should, I should bring that practice back, mm. you know, it's that so 19, good. to serve the Lord with all humility and with many tears and any temptations that, that come, whatever it is. Like, what if I started a day and anticipated what that nightly prayer mm. would look like and to be able to say, you know, like, hey, everything didn't work out today, but I, I sure gave you everything I had you know? Yeah. And what a sweet um, day that would be and what a sweet life that would, mm. you know, that would create oh, for, it's so for someone.
1: so good. So many good things. Yeah. So many good people in these churches Right,
0: right. And when, yeah. it, you know, it mentions names, like just, and you get to meet them for like yeah. three verses yes. or something. And, and then you're you like, love them. I know. And I'm like, I can't wait to hear more of that person's story, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. all right, so y'all, good. we'll see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at Don't Miss This Study.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.